Hustler CEO Powder Keg here, and I'm super excited to be joined by Nate Spangle and Fabian Rodriguez from Culture Collaborative Media. Nate Spangle from the Powder Keg team. What's up, guys? You ready to do this? Howdy. Let, let's do it. We are resurrecting the podcast. Uh, it has been years now, more than two years since we've done a podcast. And I'm pretty excited because we had a pretty awesome event on Wednesday in our offices at 16 Tech here in Indianapolis, where in, where Powder Cake is headquartered. And uh, we thought it'd be fun to hop on, share a little bit from that event, because we had five CEOs share updates from their companies of what they have learned during the pandemic and some of their big wins uh, over the last couple of years. So I figured we could jump in and first tell you a little bit about the event. Uh, Nate, this was your for, your first powder keg event on the powder keg team. So rather than just being in the audience and a member of the community, this was your first time on the powder keg stage. I'd love to hear what your experience was of, of being there in person with 150 tech executives. Oh my gosh. I mean, it was a, it was a great time. It was, it was crazy to literally think about the last time a hundred plus people in a powder keg event were together. I was in the back of the stage, the Vogue theater like watching it thinking like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Like how do I become part of what's going on there? And now fast forward two and a half years later, we're just like mentors, role models, so many cool people at this event, all having a great time, laughs had by all. Um, truly a special night. It was so fun. Were you nervous to take the stage? Man, I didn't sleep well the night before. Like <laughs> I'm not joking you. I was probably up till like one or two AM like going over my head like okay don't sound like an idiot don't sound like an idiot like you can do this get the people hyped up and we made it happen dude you made it happen you definitely brought the energy i uh especially loved the times when you tried some jokes that completely fell flat on their face that was definitely my favorite highlight of the entire program fair fair i mean when in doubt if uh when you tell a joke and it doesn't hit just laugh at your own joke i'm sure throughout the time on the podcast people will come to know and love that when my jokes don't hit with you guys <laughs> can you give us an example of what that looks like uh well whenever i say joke and there's no laugh you say haha and then everyone laughs it's great <laughs> i don't have a joke off the top of my head right now but there we go see got him laughing nailed it nailed it Fabian, how about you? It's been a while uh, since we've done a powder keg event together. Yeah, it, it has been. And I will tell you, I was so excited just to get in front of a, a lot of different people. I think before the the entire world shut down, I, I really hadn't started doing a lot of what I'm doing with Cultural Collaborative Media. So it was cool to be in the room with that many people and, and kind of have a different perspective on uh, like the opportunity of being in that room, right? So a, a lot of nerves, and I didn't think I was going to be nervous just to, to be around people, but it, it's just like, there's so many un, you know, unfamiliar faces. There's some familiar as well, but just like, okay, how do I, how do I start up a conversation with somebody? Right? Like it's, it's a perishable skill. Um, and really all it took was, was seeing one familiar person and one stranger coming up to say hi to me and like things were rolling. Um, I, I chugged probably 60 ounces of water just as like a nervous tick, but it was, it was so cool to be, to be in the room with that many people. I, I was feeling the same way. It was definitely shaking off some rust, uh, being a host and getting back on stage. Um, I particularly love, I just watched some of the video recording that I had a, my belt was sticking out from my belt loop. I was going to touch that. Dude, it, it like looks like I'm, uh, in Taekwondo or something. Like, and I'm <laughs> just like wearing a black belt and it's just like sticking out of my suit. It's phenomenal. It's, it's a new look. It's catching on in post pandemic world. Just like, I think I, I think I saw that trend on TikTok like last week. I think that's the thing. Uh, yeah, of course. It's, it's of big course. in the end Valley. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's also, it I was thinking about this, like I meant like going up to conversations and it's like usually like heading into a Zoom meeting, I like hop on LinkedIn and I'm like, what does this person do? Like, no, like everything, like just a few details about them. And now it's like back to like, you have to walk up and ask questions and be like naturally curious again and like figure out from the square zero. And I was like, I was like, okay, we're back at it. Like, got to be curious again. That's fun. Well, let's talk a little bit about the uh, the venue because this is our first event that we ever did in the 16 Tech District. We were actually in the AMP, which, you know, for those of you that are listening to this and don't have the video, you won't get to fully experience uh, kind of what the event looked like. 
but the amp is literally, I want to say probably 50,000 square feet, just huge vaulted ceilings, like a big warehouse, tons of natural light coming in and just shipping containers with each shipping container being its own restaurant. Um, and, and one of them is even a barber too. So, uh, it's, it's a bunch of like local entrepreneurs who have their shops there, great food, great beverage, great, uh, great experience overall. Um, but it's part of literally hundreds of acres just West of downtown Indianapolis. Um, and so it's kind of a cool, it was a really cool vibe and a really cool space. I was a little worried it was going to be echoey, but I, I thought the acoustics were great and, uh, it was kind of perfect for a 150 person event. It couldn't be more Absolutely. convenient for you guys with your office just right there. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Same building as our office. So that that definitely made it easy to set up, tear down, all that good stuff. Um, well, and our first presenter of the evening was actually the CEO of 16 Tech Innovation District. Um, and so Emily was our first presenter. And Nate, you got to bring her up to the stage, uh, which I think you did a great job doing that, man. Um, you want to maybe play our first uh, presenter? Yeah. Well, yeah, she was great. All right, let's do it. Let's, and then we'll give you a score on your uh, MC skills here, Nate, after this intro uh, too. Thank you for hosting us. And I actually want to bring up CEO, uh, President and CEO, Emily Kruger to the stage. Give her a warm welcome, y'all. Thanks very much, everyone. A big warm welcome to the 16 Tech Innovation District. I'm going to guess that most of you are here for the first time because we effectively opened our doors uh, in spring of last year, uh, coming right out of the, the COVID-19 pandemic. So we're excited to welcome you. Uh, 16 Tech was meant to host events exactly like this and also to be a home to companies like the ones that you are founding and building. And so we're excited for you to be here this evening. I lead at 16 Tech Community Corporation. We're the nonprofit that's responsible for catalyzing the physical development of the district, but also the programmatic development. And what that means for us is that uh, we exist to make sure that the spaces are here, whether they be specialized labs, maker spaces, flex flexible office options, uh, tools and resources to make it as economical as possible for you to focus on building and growing your businesses. Uh, we have a, a great community of life sciences startups here in the district, and a lot of that is because they still need physical places to work and to innovate. Uh, but we also know that even though remote wor work has changed and the office has changed, it doesn't replace the need for talent to gather. And 16 Tech is really meant to be the place for talent in Indianapolis to gather. So we are really excited that you're here this evening. Um, look forward to meeting many of you, I invite you to consider 16 Tech, whether it be for remote offsite meetings or events, or if you do uh, look for a beachhead office that you want to bring some of your employees back to, we'd love to have you and look forward to the event tonight. Thanks. Hey, Nate, look at you owning the crowd. Still working out the volume, so I'm not screaming into the <laughs> microphone, but I was about to fun. say, the, the microphone will amplify you, bro. You can, you can, I know, I know. I, I just I get that. excited and I want to just get pumped up. I do that too. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm eating the microphone the entire event. Fair. Uh, well, how about Emily crushing it? Given the great recap of what's going on at 16 Tech. I mean, since we've had our office there, I've just like had such a great time. I mean, cool startups in there. Some what more like legacy life science customer or members with like Eli Lilly there. And I mean, it's a great time. I think it. What, what do you when think? I like I like that there's a um, a lot of capital representation there too. So like Vision Tech Angels has an office there. Um, Boomerang Ventures has an office there. Uh, we've got our friends upstairs. Um, Next Ventures, Next Studios uh, has their their office there. And then there's just some some pretty great tech companies. I know Mandolin uh, has an office there. And there's a couple of more high growth tech companies that got an office there. And in fact, I was texting with our mutual friend Kyle Lacey earlier today and he's getting an office at 16 tech soon too. So he'll, he'll be in the space, uh, as well. So, um, lots of, lots of good, uh, tech veterans and just great tech companies, uh, all in one space, which is. And good food. Can you get that? Hey, great food. Great food. I'm a big fan of the poke myself. Oh, I took it home for dinner after the event. It was awesome. Did you? 
Nice. Nice. Yes. Thanks for buying local. That's great. After he tried some of the nameless catering. I mean, I mean the food, the Buffalo Tortellini at, uh, at the event was fire. I agree. I agree. Yeah, you can't leave out the Buffalo Tortellini. Uh, and nameless, nameless did a great job. Nameless is actually a really cool case study of a company that kind of grew up in the tech community. They, um, they started and we were one of their first uh, partnerships that they had back when we were doing in-person events, obviously way pre-pandemic. Um, but they really scaled that business um, primarily off of, at least the way I understand it, getting a lot of contracts with high growth tech companies that would bring in lunch a couple times a week. Lessonly was one of those companies. I know they did some stuff with Salesforce um, and they just really took off and, and grew even more during the pandemic as um, more people uh, were looking to get things catered, which was pretty cool. Love that for them. Got well, to have, have a good snack partner in the powder cake community. You got to, man. You got to. Well, and we had a really great panel discussion, which we'll share in our next episode of the podcast. We wanted to keep this one focused on the updates and lessons learned from the CEOs at these tech companies. But we had a, a pretty killer uh, panel that had uh, Mohammed Yassin from uh, High Alpha. It had Ting, the CEO at uh, new CEO at TechPoint. And it had Christopher or Tof Day, who's the new CEO at Elevate Ventures, which is the most active venture capital firm in the entire Great Lakes region. Um, I really enjoyed that discussion. So I'm excited to share that in our next episode. That's just a little teaser for all you listeners at home. Uh, so make sure you subscribe. Uh, I'll, do, I'll do my uh, YouTuber shout out now. Smash that like button and make sure you hit the bell notification, bell icon to get notifications. I don't know what all you say. Fabian, you're probably better at this than I am. Right here <laughs> yes <laughs> for those getting the audio version only yeah he's doing a uh i have an idea gesture all right who's we'll the next one uh right, my so, guy jake miller yes so i yes. love i love engineered innovation group or eig they um they help organizations create new and useful products and services and we, we actually uh, work with them at Powder Keg, started the business a year ago. Um, he was really into what's going on with uh, Web3 and has a ton of experience with things like NFTs, blockchain. Um, and we, uh, Jake and I really shared that, um, that uh, passion. And Jake previously founded, um, co-founded MetaCX, which is a really great company here, uh, here in town in Indianapolis, co-founded it with Scott McCorkle, who's an investor in Powder Keg. So that's kind of how he and I got connected. Um, but previously, like helped build out Journey Builder at Salesforce was early days um, at Exact Target. So just very seasoned vet. But this is his first time in the CEO role with this company he started a year ago. So um, I'll, uh, I'll tee up that video here and uh, share with you guys. I mean... A year in, it seems like he's crushing it. Uh, please help me welcome to the stage the CEO of Engineered Innovation Group, Jake Miller. Hey, everyone. Well, this is exciting. It's my first time on a stage in front of this many people since, I don't know, elementary school. So <laughs> it's exciting. Um, yeah, well, I want to thank Matt and team for having me here tonight to talk about. I know I got three minutes. I promise I won't ramble. Um, but some things that are happening. So, you know, I started the Engineered Innovation Group um, almost a year ago. So December 1st, we started operating of last year. And we started because, or I started the company because I've had the fortune most of my career to work on products from the ground up. Even at my time at Salesforce and Exact Target, Journey Builder, I was working on that product um, from the time it was an idea to the time we had it in people's hands. And then after that, I worked, uh, co-founded MetaCX with Scott McCorkle, built that platform from the ground up as well. And I realized, hey, I really like doing this thing where you start with nothing and then build something really cool, especially on the technology side. Um, so... I've had a lot of learnings by being the CEO of a company rather than the, the engineering leader over the past year. Um, and the first one is not undervaluing or, or, or not underestimating the power of the network. And I think tonight just like is, a, is proof of that. But I didn't even realize how open people were to have that conversation with you, even a 15-minute coffee to say, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is, this is what we're, we're trying to do. And what we do is build MVPs for VC-backed startups, 
um, for startups that may not be VC-backed, but most of the time they are, um, or corporate innovation groups. And usually the corporate innovation groups are people that want to act like startups, they just don't know how to, which is, which is a lot of fun to help them go from, the, from ideation all the way to software in someone's hands that, they're, that their users are, are touching and using every single day. Um, I, I think my second lesson to share that, that I learned this year was to um, really put, and as, as, as corny as it might sound, put real thought into those core values that you have at your company and live them every single day. And there's one in particular that sounds pretty interesting. I, I actually thought when I came up with it, this sounds a little strange, and that is abundance. And this is the idea that, yes, there's competition. Yes, there are people out there doing similar things to us. But at the end of the day, we can create our own success, and we do that by working with those people. So don't, don't live in a bubble. Don't work from that place of scarcity, because that literally makes us work from that lizard part of our brain, and that is not going to help anyone. Um, so yeah, I had a third one. I'm going to have to pull a mat and get my phone out. <laughs> Am I good on time here? Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, actually, this plays on what everyone was just talking about. I'm very passionate about this, too. So my background, I'm not, I do not have a computer science background. Um, I've been a computer or a software engineer at the beginning of my career. I've coded since high school. My background is actually in English. I have a liberal arts degree in linguistics. Um, but that has been with me my whole career. And now we have these amazing things like coding academies that we can recruit from with people from different backgrounds that didn't come from a computer science course. Yes, we need people with computer science degrees. But I cannot tell you, so 75% of my engineering team are out of coding academies, which is on purpose. And the reason that is on purpose is because typically those people are career changers, which means they have a different background and something that we may or may not have realized was relevant. So for example, Someone on my team was in HR for 10 years. Someone else on my team was um, in uh, commercial real estate. And those skills have come in handy with customers that have, have come to us and said, hey, we have this product we're trying to build. And I go, ah, yes, Nick needs to be on that project. Um, and it just really matters and in investing in, in, in those people. You know, I've been just blown away by the talent that we've had on our team um, by, by supplementing, um, bringing in senior, senior folks to work and coach those people up. So much so that we are working on an apprenticeship program at, in, at Engineered Innovation Group to um, be more deliberate about how we pull new folks in and train them up on those skill sets beyond what they get at a coding academy, like the, 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 data, the data science, um, database technologies, that sort of thing. So, so yes, um, that would be my learnings for the year. Our guy, Jake. I love, I love that he's just dropping those lessons learned left and right, that entire uh, update. Definitely appreciate that. What were your thoughts, Nate? Uh, I mean, one, in, uh, his diverse engineering team, right? 75% coming out of coding, coding academies, coding boot camps. Like, that's awesome. There's a lot of times, like, I do value like, these people that go through, like, maybe they have 10 years in another profession. And they bring that skill set along with, like, the technical abilities of what you learn in a coding Academy together to work in technology, like the story, the story you shared there. I mean, that's just, that's just awesome. It helps them serve multiple sectors versus just like having a, a technology background. So I think that's super cool. Yeah, me too. I liked his point around um, helping large corporations move and act more like a startup. Uh, I, I think calling out that they build MVPs or minimum viable product for those not indoctrinated in all the acronyms that uh, tech and SaaS or software as a service has to offer. Um, they build uh, MVPs, not just for startups and venture-backed startups, but also for uh, those innovation groups inside of big corporations, which more and more companies see themselves as tech companies. And so they're really trying to push that forward, which I really like. Also, and, also yeah, go ahead. Oh, he's representing the, the liberal arts degree, right? Like he's not a computer Indeed. science guy. He's a, an English writing linguistics guy. Like, DePaul University, communication major, liberal arts, baby. You can get a job in tech no matter what your background is. Just kind of pursue it. A little elbow grease. Linguistics, man. I was just 
Side note, my wife and I watched Arrival last night. I don't know if you've seen that movie, but um, the main character is like a linguistics professional. And uh, one of my wife's best friends is a linguistics professor out at UCLA. And it was interesting to hear that in doing that, one of the things she had to learn was how to code. So learning the language of code was actually part of her PhD work that she did. Um, in becoming a foremost expert in linguistics. So fun fact, linguistics experts learn how to code. Interesting. Well, I'd like to become a foremost expert in ling- linguini, like the pasta. That's what I'd like to be a foremost expert in when it comes to that. I but think uh, they're related. <laughs> what is uh, ha ha, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> I like the but I think that's a better uh, laugh cue. I'm going to get some booze going. For 100% <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. You should. Um, Fabian, any thoughts on uh, EIG? I, I liked, I like the shout out on their core value abundance. I'm not sure. Yeah, that- that's, that's exactly what I was going to hit on. I think that, you know, almost like doubling down on, on core values and really kind of living those out rather than just being something that's like plastered on your wall. Uh, I think is awesome. It's, it's something that's very important to me as my business continues to grow, like honing in on what are the values that we're going to run it by uh, are are really important. So it it was cool to hear that. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, Same at powder keg. We, uh, we do a, a thing every morning at stand up where, uh, we give an award to someone uh, who exhibited a core value within that last uh, working day. And that's a that's a nice little uh, ritual that we have each morning, making sure we keep our core values front of mind. Uh, so I, I respect that. Jake called that out. All right, let's uh, let's hear it from our next presenter. Uh, next up, uh, I want to welcome back to the stage uh, CEO of One Cause, Steve Johns. Let's give it up for Steve. Great to have you back on the stage. I think Matt's saying back on the stage, I have been slow clapped off a stage before. <laughs> uh, so, so thank you. And, and uh, so it's so good to see people in person again. So I am Steve Johns. I am the CEO of One Cause. One Cause makes digital fundraising solutions for nonprofits. And we have been doing this for 14 years. And we were started here in Indianapolis and we grew up here in Indianapolis, and we plan on staying here in Indianapolis for as long as we possibly can. But that also requires us to continue to have our needs filled with um, the proper talent. So in, in a, there, there's, I'm going to do a couple of lessons learned, but Nate also, he encouraged me to brag a little bit, so I'm also going to have some brags that, to talk about, and we're crushing it, to your point. <laughs> So, lessons learned. Uh, we primarily help nonprofits raise uh, money in uh, in-person fundraising events. So, in March of 2020, a month after we were all at the Vogue um, in, in 2020, uh, in-person events basically gr- grinded to a halt. So, we went to zero. So, we learned to be adaptable. We learned to, to, to show tremendous grit in adversity. And in fact, I wanted to talk about uh, a point that Muhammad made earlier about vulnerability and authenticity. We actually, there's actually a book that's coming out. Hello. There's actually a book that's coming out that I wrote, but I didn't write the book when I sat down to write a book. I wrote the book every week. Every week I wrote a note, an update to my team about how, the, how they're feeling and how I'm feeling. And that has become an 18-chapter book called Fearless, Leadership Lessons at the Crossroads. It's going to come out in about two months. So we're really excited about that, but we're going to be able to use that to promote one cause, to promote the nonprofit community, and it's going to be pure vulnerability. It's going to be pure openness and transparency. So we're really excited about that. Now, from a bragging standpoint, again, we're crushing it, Nate. Uh, We were able to recover from all of the stuff in the pandemic. We're going to grow 30% this year. We're going to use 60% less space because working from home works. We wrote what I'm calling my manifesto of the future of work, and it isn't, it, and it isn't, it isn't uh, remote first, it isn't office first, it's people first. And that's the lesson that we learned, to put our people first 
and it's working. We're, we're, me we're measuring productivity, we're measuring performance, but work from home works. We've got about 6,000 customers uh, today uh, active with their subscriptions, and we're approaching a billion dollars in fundraising on our platform just this year. We've helped raise four billion since inception. So one billion just this year in fundraising proceeds on our platform. So what, I was also asked, what can you do in the community? Again, let's just keep doing more of this. I love getting together. I love community. I love collaboration. I love to see, I love to see Tech Point and Powder Keg on the same stage together. It's great. So let's keep working together um, and build this community. Toph, I'm, I'm in on your 50-year 50, 50 plan. And I'm not getting, I'm not getting clapped off. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, Steve Johns, one cause. Billion dollars in fundraising this year. That's incredible. Oh, my gosh. That's insane. But he said $4 billion in total in the 14 years since inception, and $1 billion that's coming this year. That's wild. Huge uptick. Huge uptick. Oh, and I love the, the, right. the manifesto on the uh, future of work, too. The fact that they're spending 60% less on office space and uh, figured out how to pivot to a hybrid work environment uh, is pretty, pretty cool, especially for a company that's been around for 14 years um, and hasn't always historically been remote first. Like so, that's, that's insane. They're around for 14 years get to zero, like zero in-person events and then figure out how to like pivot maneuver and then are going to grow 30% this year. That's crazy. Yeah. I love that. What were you going to say, Fabian? So I, I want to ask a question. Uh, because this book is really fascinating, right? He was week, writing this book week after week, kind of emails or letters, whatever he was doing, writing to to his team. Um, do you guys write or journal on a, on a daily basis? I, I do. Yeah, I've got a 10-minute journaling practice. So I do um, 10 minutes, ideally every morning. Sometimes it doesn't get done till the end of the day. But um, yeah, I try to time it because it, it helps my brain, train my brain to just get it, get stuff out faster. Um, and ship stuff rather than, you know, laboring over how to phrase something mm -hmm. or, or what I want to do. It keeps me in the stream of consciousness piece. Yeah. Okay. How about okay. You guys? So I've tried journaling several times. I've like, dove in, dove out. like I've done like tried to do like the gratitude journal or whatever, but then I ended up like, I'm a pretty optimistic person. So I end up writing about like, Oh, I really liked my lunch today. And I really liked this. And this was awesome too. And I just end up with a list of just like everything I did today that I'm like, I'm super fortunate to have not gotten in bad traffic on my way home from work today. Like, <laughs> So I haven't quite figured out the correct practice of like, like what to write about or like the like themes, but I like, I've attempted it several times. But you, yeah, baby. How about you, baby? I'm right there with you. I've got a graveyard of like quarter filled journals and notebooks that I started so strong on and then just completely abandoned. So they're strewn about everywhere in my house. Um, so I, I think I, I take that approach to listening to music. I think whenever I've got like things on my mind, I go to specific songs or genres of music. And that to me um, kind of elicits the same feelings of getting something out. I kind of work it through music. Yeah, I love that. Me too. Me too. I've been dabbling that a little bit. The, I, I just realized in this uh, video shot that I'm in right now, right where I'm pointing, these are all, those are all filled journals. Oh, nice. So you, you were telling nice. the truth. That's just a small portion of them. And I think, I think some of those might be my wives because all of mine are black. Yeah. So I've, I've got a box of them somewhere. Do you ever reread uh, them? I have a, a couple of times I've taken like a whole Saturday and just like dove, dove through reading them. It's, it's hard. It's hard to do because it's like, yes. oh man, it's like young 20 something me. It's just like so hard on myself and just like trying to be perfect at everything. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's almost it, like it, cringy. Oh, total. It's like, I, I, I go back it, to it some of like cringy. my attempts. It's like, Oh, I like, like I cared about that. Like, why did I even care about that? But yeah, I, I love that Steve was doing that with his team and he's turning that into a book. What, what a cool way to chronicle just a very unique time. All right. We want to hear our next presenter. Yes. Let's get, let's get it going. This is a good one. Let's to do, do it. Presenter is building an amazing cybersecurity company. Please help me welcome to the stage. The CEO of Trava, Jim Goldman. Well, uh, the first problem is you ask uh, 
former university professor to keep it to three minutes. So we're gonna do our best here. Um, it's nice to see so many uh, familiar faces. Um, before I tell you what Trava does, I'll tell you we have uh, several customers in the audience. So if you don't believe what I'm telling you, you should probably talk to them. Um, and let me tell you a little bit about Trava. We, we tried to address a problem, and I guess this is where the first lesson starts. We tried to address a problem where, in my experience combined in the FBI and its sales force, I realized that there was no simple, affordable cyber risk management product service combination for mid-market, small and medium-sized business. Literally, every cybersecurity product out there is aimed for the enterprise, and when they start another one, and there's thousands of them, their dream is to be able to sell that product to Microsoft, Google, Salesforce someday. Well, guess what? Guess where the most vulnerable companies are? The small and medium-sized business in mid-market. Guess where two out of every three new jobs in the United States are created? small and medium-sized business in mid-market. So we're not just trying to protect companies, we're trying to protect the largest portion of the United States economy. And so my, my dedication, my passion, and that's really where the first lesson comes from, my passion is to do something different. And so that's really the lesson is, don't just follow the crowd, don't just follow what someone else has been successful at. You know, go that path, find that problem, weigh your passion, and the problem align and go after that. That's what we did. The second lesson in the differentiation for Trava is this. If you look at the market we're going after, and so this is kind of that ideal customer profile. If you look at the market we're going after, these people don't have a CISO by definition. They probably don't have anyone whose job full-time is security. They need help. They need consultation. They need a, a, a friendly ear. They need advice on an unpredictable basis. That's our secret, all right? You can't get the Trava product without getting the Trava people. And the Trava people are our secret sauce, all right? Our product's great, but our people are amazing. So how do we do that? That's our culture, all right? We try to have a different kind of culture. We, uh, um, we hire um, for what I, we have several values like every other company, but the two that I'm particularly proud of are these. One is we hire for diversity of thought, all right? We want people from different backgrounds that think differently, and we encourage everybody to contribute together to solve our problems. This is not a chain of command kind of hierarchical company. It's a very flat infrastructure. We want to hear from everybody. Everybody solves our problems, you know, for internally or for our customers. The second value that I want to point out is this. This is not a value that you'd necessarily see a lot of companies have. One of our values is we believe that laughter makes us more productive. And for those of you that are our customers, you've seen this in our calls. We don't take ourselves, we take our work seriously, but we don't take ourselves seriously, and that starts at the top. Um, that's it. Uh, well, I guess I'll say, I'll, okay, so the brag part, uh, two funding rounds so far, very uh, proud to elevate, uh, is one of our investors in the most recent round, and we grew 600% between our two funding rounds. So that's my brag. Thanks, Jim. We love the work that Travis is doing. And just another shameless plug, find Travis' profile on Powder Cake and give them a follow. They have, they have some really great stories there. 600%. Wowzer. That's insane. And their, their seed round was Q1 of last year, 2021, and they grew 600% between their seed round to their most recent round of funding, which was a $4.5 million round in August of 2022. And that was with venture firms like Mercury Fund, Elevate Ventures, High Alpha, M25. Like these are kind of household names, especially in the Midwest, Midwest VC. Um, so they're, they're growing like crazy. Um, and Man, what a what a theme between all of our presenters so far. Company culture really seems like that is the thing that stands out. What do you all think of uh, the the two uh, core values that Jim called out? One, I think that is refreshing from a cybersecurity company to talk about laughter. 
you know, like laughter in the workplace. Because when I, I'll be honest, Matt, when I think of cybersecurity, I don't think of, I, cybersecurity might be less funny than I am. And that's tough to do. <laughs> that, hey, was that was funny. funny. Yeah. That was actually pretty funny. I actually, oh. I, I know of a serial entrepreneur who was kind of like, uh, mulling around an idea one time called uh, he he codenamed it Laughalytics, and the idea was like putting microphones throughout the office to capture the data around how what percentage of airtime is spent with team members laughing. Uh, so this was obviously back in the day of like in person uh, office environments, and uh, you know he was just ideating because obviously it's a little bit big brother to have microphones planted all over the office, but like. <laughs> had a very similar uh, hypothesis that like companies and teams that laugh more are more productive, more effective, happier, healthier, you know, all, all that good stuff. So a uh, shout out to, uh, to the laughalytics out there, which uh, I still think is a cool idea. And then diversity of thought. I'd, I'd say that's the other theme that we've heard too. Uh, Fabian, what'd you think about that? I personally, I love hearing it. Um, as I may have mentioned to you before, I'm a product of TechPoint Bootcamp. So I myself was a career changer, spent seven years in sales and finance, um, and, and then made the, the jump over to tech sales. And then that fundamentally changed my life because it set me on the path to kind of do my own thing, which is crazy. Um, but if it weren't for companies that had that open-mindedness of just like, Hey, you don't need to have a certain background, um, you know, to get your foot in the door. Uh, I, I think that's great. Yeah, I think that's super cool too. Like, just like diversity of thought, as in, like, I think about our powder kick team, right, Matt? Where it's like you, Rick, and Meg are like seasoned tech professionals, right? You guys have been around this, doing this thing for a long time. It's like I'm like a little bit on the younger side of my professional career, right? But then you're from. West Lafayette, right, originally. I'm from rural northern Indiana. And Meg's from Chicago. Rick's from Indianapolis. Like, diversity of thought about, like, what's going on in, like, rural Indiana, like, rural Midwest towns, what's going on in the big cities. And, like, bringing those backgrounds and putting that all together makes for the dream team of four. <laughs> it, it does. It definitely does. And Meg actually comes from an um, agency world. So this was her first software company gig. Um, and, and obviously brings just like an awesome perspective to the team um, for a number of reasons. So yeah, definitely worth calling out. Certainly something we can always improve on too. Um, you want to hear from our last presenter? I'm pretty excited about this one. Oh, this is a, this is one of my favorites. They were all my Highly, favorites, all tied for first. <laughs> Highly relevant to uh, what we're doing right now too. Next presenter, I think was our last presenter before everything shut down back in February of 2020. I am so excited to welcome her back to the stage with some lessons learned, some wins, and some updates. Please help me welcome to the stage the CEO of Casted, Lindsay Chepkema. Yeah, you got this. All right, man. Okay, so... Let's talk about how much has changed since last time. It was, it was not this stage, it was on the Vogue, um, but it was, gosh, almost three years ago. And at that time, we had just closed our seed round, which was led by High Alpha and Elevate. Um, and uh, so I'm feeling very at home and very supported here. Um, Casted, we are a software platform made specifically for B2B marketers to help them both maximize and measure the value of their audio and you know, podcast and video content. So since, we, since I was on the stage at the last Powder Keg event, uh, a lot has happened. Um, moments later, there was a pandemic, um, and that didn't stop us. We, we pivoted, um, not in our product, but in how we worked, and we went just like all of you and started working from home. We proceeded to um, close customers like Salesforce, IBM, HubSpot, Drift, Gong, um, some pretty incredible brands that are still customers of ours today. Um, we are working with leading brands to do what I am so excited um, I, that I heard Mohammed and others talk about, be more authentic. I have been beating this drum for three and a half years at Casted about the most human brands win. And you know a great way to do that? Podcasting and video content and to just 
have a conversation, record it, and get it out into the world. And what do you do from there? You have to maximize the value by maximizing the reach. So that's what we help these brands do. So last time I was on this stage, uh, we had just closed our seed round. Since then, uh, we went on to close our Series A, led by um, Revolution, and have grown and um, learned a lot of lessons. And so since I'm the last one here, um, and can relate to a lot of you, I'm sure, as business leaders, business owners, business investors, I want to talk about fire, right? Because the last three years have been fire. In many ways... A dumpster fire, am I right? Fire can burn, fire hurts, fire can destroy, but fire also refines. It makes us better. And every single one of us in this room is better for the last three years. Might not feel like it, might not look like it, especially when you're pitching to an investor and they're looking at all your numbers. Success looks different now because of what we've all been through. So don't forget what we're talking about, about the most authentic brands win, the most authentic businesses win. The ones that see successes, not just in ARR, NRR, all the RRs, (laughs) but in humans and the humans that they're attracting, the humans that we're retaining, the humans that we're working with, the humans that we're appealing to, Don't forget that. Don't forget that as investors, please, because we founders have seen some stuff and we're better for it. So I am really excited about um, something that we've rolled out in the last few weeks, which is a partner program at Casted. It's been a dream of mine since starting this to start working with podcast production agencies. I see Fabian over there. He's the first one that we worked with. Um, Shout out to Culture Collaborative. He's amazing. We are working with podcast and video production agencies to partner with Casted to say, hey, customer, brand that wants to be more authentic, work with us to see value out of the podcast that you can create together with a podcast production agency. Um, And in addition to those agencies that we're working with, we're also working with um, other pretty cool partners maybe like Powder Keg, um, to bring more authenticity, more conversations, and more value to the world of tech and B2B. So I'm just excited to be here, um, and I hope it's not another three years before we do this again. So thanks, Matt. Thank you. Thanks, Lindsay. That was awesome. And great to have you back on stage. Great to be back on stage with all of you. Whoa, Lindsay brought it. She brought it. And Kat's out of the bag now, too. She, she was already teed up some big news that we have here at powder keg, uh, that we're are announcing today. Just kidding. We're announcing it in a little bit. So you should subscribe to the podcast <laughs> right now. Because yes. we're announcing some big news soon. Um, yes, Huge. we are, we are bringing back some podcasting in a big way. It's going to be very different than anything we did, did before the pandemic. So I'm, I'm pumped about that. And, uh, I love that casted has grown the way they've grown. Uh, through the pandemic, serving customers like Salesforce and HubSpot and IBM, just a crazy uh, number of companies there. Um, I uh, I also love the fire metaphor. What did, you, what did you guys think of the fire metaphor? Fire. It was fire and not a dumpster fire. Her fire metaphor was fire. Yeah, I thought her timing on that was was great uh, as a joke, but it's it's true. This last couple of years has been a, a legitimate dumpster fire <laughs> but also like it, it's but it's also there's like fire part of it right like some of these companies are working from home and like you see Trava doing 600 percent growth you see cast and crushing with these big deals like the fact that you can close a six-figure contract from your kitchen table these days like that doesn't seem like a dumpster fire to me i think that just seems like fire you know seven figure man seven figure deals eight figure deals seven all the deals you could literally build, you could build, scale, and sell a, a business without ever leaving your house. I don't recommend it, but you totally could. I don't recommend it, but you could. <laughs> also, Matt, I do want to give you a shout out for all, just as impressive your pronunciation of Lindsay's last name. I did not know how to pronounce it at all when I was kind of doing our pre work on there, and you crushed that. Well, good, good chance I put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable, but still, I, I at least got all the right consonants and 
Uh, and, we'll, we'll just have uh, to have Lindsay on. We'll have to have Lindsay on and do like a phonetic pronunciation of it just so yeah, we can make yeah. sure we get it correctly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I love the fire metaphor. And in fact, Fabian, you mentioned songwriting earlier. I wrote a song early on in the pandemic um, because there is there's this kind of like metaphor that was kind of like coming to my mind um, after learning a little bit more about forest fires and the way that actually forest fires are a really important part of the ecosystem. Not like we're having right now with climate change. I'm not by, by no means in my team forest fire um, and, and, you know, wildfire. But um, it is interesting when you kind of like learn a little bit about how forest fires actually help the entire forest ecosystem because they can kind of burn away um, some of the more invasive species, create more room for old growth trees to grow and new trees, new foliage, new wildlife to like grow and and form and um, really thrive. So I, I, I really liked that fire um, metaphor. And I mean, yeah, the, the fire jokes. I, I think Lindsay's giving you a run for your money, Nate, on, uh, on just uh, humor from the powder cake stage. Oh, come on. She, <laughs> she's, a re, she's a repeat guest. She's been on that stage before. It's my first time. All right. I'll get better with age. That's fair. That's uh, fair. I will say that I also, but I did dig the fire metaphor. I've been very into Game of Thrones and House House the Dragon or House of Dragons, however mm. you say it. So I'm I'm really into fire these days. You're into like, the fire, I, the whole, I dig it. I'm, 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 I'm going. That's my Halloween costume. I'm going. Uh, I'm. We're going as a group as House of the Dragon. So you're going to be a dragon. That's right. I, we're, photos. We need yes. photos, Nate. Yes, well, uh, well, if you subscribe to and follow Matt and I, Fabian, on LinkedIn, you'll see maybe some pictures. Who knows? But make sure you subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date. I think we're just going to make sure that uh, your headshot in any podcast episode going forward is you in a dragon costume. Yes. That would be awesome. Absolutely. That would be fire. Yeah, well, <laughs> not, not joking. So enjoy. It's going to be great. Um, well, speaking of fire, I, I love the shout out to you, Fabian, and the partnership that you did with Cassid. We're really excited to be working with you on all of this. Um, and I love what Lindsay's message was around being more authentic. And mm -hmm. I think we have such a huge opportunity to, um, provide a stage uh, metaphorically and, and literally, uh, with powder keg for more founders, more executives at these high growth tech companies, high growth venture funds to share their stories. Um, and that's part of why we're resurrecting this powder cake podcast, but then also even to share a little bit of our own story. Um, what I'd like to do before we officially relaunch the podcast here in a couple of months, um, we're going to be kind of leaking out a few other, uh, podcast episodes just to kind of one warm up the feed a little bit, give our true fans uh, a little bit of behind the scenes look at what we've been building here at Powder Keg, but also kind of share um, some of what we've learned along the way too, because I think being authentic and sharing the real struggles um, we've, we've been through it this year uh, being a, a company that pre pandemic still had a decent amount of our, our revenue uh, tied up to things that were related to in-person events. Um, but we have built an incredible platform. Uh, thanks to Rick, our CTO uh, who, who built all of that out with our team, the rest of our team. So I'm super excited to share some of that. And I'm loving that we're uh, bringing it back with video too. So if you're listening to this, I want to encourage you to please go to find us on YouTube, Powder Keg on YouTube, um, subscribe and make sure you hit the bell icon while you're there to get notifications, um, especially because it's going to be a couple months before we're consistently doing it every week. And we're going to be dropping some uh, pretty, pretty cool um, surprise updates from powder keg and um part of what's helping us do that video is a partnership with a company that we've been working with for years now uh less so the last couple of years due to the shift in uh culture but we uh were working with again it was great to be back in person with alden miller who's the founder and ceo of alchemy new media um they're an emmy award-winning video team and it's part of why our stuff is going to look legit, why we're bringing video back with what we're doing with podcasting. Um, and obviously Fabian's whole team helping us do that the right way with podcasting, with our social feeds. So we would love your feedback on all of this. This is an iterative process. We are still a startup. 
Um, so we want your feedback on the show, what you'd like to hear more of, what you'd like to hear less of, other than Nate's terrible jokes. Um, so please you make don't get sure less you, of this. <laughs> so please make sure you leave comments, hit us up on social, all that good stuff. Um, anything, uh, Fabian or, or Nate, you want to add before we sign off? Uh, I'm going to call this podcast crushed. So we're going to get a little crushed icon. It's crushed. We crushed it. And the, and the community can help us crush it even more, you know, like providing that feedback, especially as these like kind of in between episodes come out, like, let us know what yeah. you like, what you, what you don't like, maybe in a positive way. Like I'll just tell us you hate it and we suck, but <laughs> in a constructive way, you know, like help us make this thing awesome. That's what community is all about, right, Matt? It absolutely is. And I mean, I I think with Powderkeg being the only private member network focused on supporting tech companies and executives in communities beyond Silicon Valley, I think this is the perfect platform to do that. You know, the way we can support these companies and these executives that are truly helping industries, helping people um, with their innovations is to help share their story. And so I want to encourage anyone who's listening to share this with a friend who that you think might be interested in one of the presenters you heard today, you think might be uh, looking at moving to what we call the Unvalley or the area outside of Silicon Valley. Um, that That's how you can support um, just helping us spread the word. Fabian, I'll, I'll raise you one, Matt, Matt, I'll raise yeah, you one before I, before right. I sign off completely. If they, Amy. if you share this podcast on social media and you tag powder keg or Nate Spangler, or Matt, we'll send you a t-shirt. Yeah. Oh, man. Some, powder, some powder keg swag. You uh, uh, you tag us, post Fabian's, on the podcast, uh, and we'll send you a shirt. Fabian's showing off some of the powder keg swag. I love it. Very He's very comfortable. Right. Oh, I am too, actually. But Fabian's got the new new gear. Uh, the new gear has a place where you can put in your powder keg profile URL on the back. Uh, so some cool customization op- opportunities for those uh, who share it on social. And Nate used to run an e-commerce business, so he knows how to ship stuff out fast. Speed. I'm gonna have to hear that. Customer service. <laughs> Fabian, anything you want to add before we sign off? Uh, I'm just excited for more of these events to start happening. Now that it looks like the world is getting back to quote unquote, you know, some sense of normalcy, it, it'll be cool to get back in, in front of people, start interacting again, uh, networking, making connections, and you know, having authentic conversations with people. So that's what I'm really looking forward to, and that's what this event really kind of brought, like the, the type of emotions that are brought up in me. Amen. Yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of authentic conversations, our next episode, or at least one of our next episodes, will be an incredible panel conversation that happened at this event with the new CEO of Elevate Ventures, the new CEO of TechPoint, which is uh, the tech organization supporting tech in Indiana, uh, but then also the VP of marketing at High Alpha, which is one of the most active uh, venture funds. So definitely subscribe because you don't want to miss that conversation. Some pretty big announcements made. Uh, there too. So for those interested in what's going on in the Midwest and in the Unvalley, it's going to be a a good episode to tune into. Thanks everyone for uh, listening. Thank you in advance for sharing, leaving comments, helping amplify this this content, these stories. Um, We're going to bring this back in a big way and uh, we need your help to do it. So thank you.